We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Hey, Shocker fans, want the latest on Wichita State Athletics? Let's go right to the source with Shocker AD, Kevin Saul. And we welcome in Kevin Saul each and every other week. Wichita State Athletic Director joining us here. Uh, It's become a tradition, Kevin. We appreciate it. You get one look so far at men's basketball and you get the women tonight. Let's jump right in. What were your thoughts on the first Shocker basketball regular season experience? Let's do it. Jacob, Tommy, thanks for having us on this morning. Uh, good day to you. Yeah, it's good. Uh, certainly a good start on, on Monday night with uh, Coach Brown, staff, our, our men's program. I think what you saw is some of the things that we've been talking about here the last several several weeks and many months is um, athletic group, tall, long, um, certainly is going to cause some problems for uh, for teams. There's some depth. You saw uh, five-man rotations rotating in and out from a substitution perspective, and you can, if you can create two productive fives, obviously you've got uh, a tool and a weapon there in terms of um, being able to run fresh legs at teams. So, again, I think uh, first, first game, um, one, one small step in a very long journey. Uh, but certainly positives uh, that come out of Monday and, and just proud of our staff and most importantly our student-athletes for how hard they've worked this summer and fall to get ready for it. Kevin, as we go through the, the season for men's basketball, as a new athletic director uh, at the <clears throat> university, what sort of priorities are you looking at as far as evaluating the progress of this program? I know wins and losses are easy to look at, uh, but are there other metrics or other things that you're looking at uh, as far as being able to evaluate the progress? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's multifaceted. It's not just about competitive. You, we, we, the three of us could talk for a long time about the the evaluation process just from a competitive perspective, but it's more than that. It's We've talked um, a great deal about our service framework at events and our driveway to driveway experience and how well are we communicating and are we um, are we over delivering on our service framework with with our fans and and all of those things to do a really good job. So when you say program, I think uh, competitively, but I also think um, everything that goes into a game day. And then, of course, there's there's the day to day of our program as well in terms of how we're recruiting and are well organized and and all of those things. So that evaluation is is much more multifaceted. I think from a competitive perspective, right? You're looking for improvements. How do we address deficiencies? How do we maximize um, advantages? And um, how do we strategize? How do we um, use our resources to the best of our ability to gain a competitive advantage? And so those are all the things that I think you look for. Um, 
it's funny, guys. We've we've talked about with 12 new players, at times you're going to have um, communication errors on the floor, right? If you're playing a team that has been playing for two, three, four years together, they understand each other and where they're on the floor and how they like to receive the ball. They know that the center likes to get it on his left side and he likes to turn to the right and, and all of those pieces. They know each other's preferred spots on the floor. When you have 12 new players, occasionally you're going to have that long diagonal pass across the floor where there's nobody there to receive it. And we had a couple of those um, last night or Monday night. And so um, we'll get those things cleaned up and, and um, continue to, to work closely with Coach Brown and staff and and provide as much support as we can in their journey. How are things going? Kevin Solwich, State Athletic Director, joining us. We can see now we have a product on the floor to evaluate. That part of that, that piece of this gets a little simpler for us. What we don't always see is what's happening off the court with bringing players in. Um, you know, we've talked at times uh, throughout here that Wichita State has the potential to be a sleeping giant in the NIL world for men's basketball without football in the equation. How are things going on that end, recruiting NIL opportunities as we now enter the season for what we can't see on the court? Yeah, the NIL piece is progressing. What I would tell you is is that we're building a resume. So, And that resume has components of opportunities, um, a collection of historical facts in terms of what NIL activities our student-athletes are involved in, whether it's, guys, we've talked about the Riverfest opportunity, we've talked about um, Star Lumber, uh, we've talked about Textron. There's been um, several, multiple, numerous opportunities there, and so what we're working with the armchair strategies um, and some of the other opportunities that exist, those pathways, is creating that resume that we can communicate in the recruiting process, right? It's not a recruiting inducement because we're not promising it, but we are communicating, hey, here's what our student athletes are involved in now. Um, And that certainly helps us from a recruiting perspective. Um, We engage nearly daily with, with donors, season ticket holders, uh, business folks in the community. I had an awesome lunch yesterday w- with WIBA, the the uh, Wichita Independent Business uh, Association. Had about two, three hundred people at lunch, and and certainly there's a lot of interest from folks there. And so, I think there's apprehension because it's new and there's so many facets to it. Right, guys, we've talked about it agnosium and and you always have more you leave with more questions than you might have answers. And so, I think people are hesitant to to get involved. Um, and so it's our job to say, look, it's really important to us. Let us help guide you in the permissible ways to do this. And we're starting to get some traction there. So that piece has been good. The recruiting piece has been has been solid. Um, that's a critically important part of that recruiting process. We continue to work hard at it. Following up on that, Monday night, a crowd of just under 7,000 people at Coke Arena for Wichita State's basketball game. What are ways that uh, you and the, the staff, the team around you, um, are going to work on attracting new fans, bringing more people out to Coke Arena? Well, it's a great question. And we, uh, we put out there prior to the exhibition games a release that lives on GoShockers.com, which is our, our game day um, preview in terms of everything that's new in Coke Arena. Whether, you know, guys, we looked at the driveway to driveway experience, traffic, parking, ticket seating, concessions, restroom security, game production, fan experience, all of those elements. We did four different listening sessions. So I've got a, uh, we've got an Excel spreadsheet that, that uh, has got 150 to 160 unique pieces of feedback 
um, from four different listening sessions uh, with students, with a group that was in their 20s to 30s, with a group that was in their 40s, then the group that was about 50 plus. And so we're trying to pick those things off one by one and do them really well um, each game day. So my hope is, is that when you come to Coke Arena, our hope is, is that it looks and feels a little bit different. We had the drum line with the band out in front of the doors, um, rapping away on the drums as folks came up. And you wouldn't believe how many positive comments we got there to our halftime shows, to a combination of MCs, DJ, band, and canned music going on in our arena, to um, some of the concessions offerings, to the pricing that we've offered, and, and all of those things. So, guys, we it's been no secret. We've been very transparent in terms of our, our tickets have been down a little bit this year, and we're working really, really hard to create an environment that people want to be a part of. When we look at that, Kevin, the attendance, because it is, it's, it's one of the – you know, for whatever reason, since I've been here now about eight years, one of the things that always happens early in the season is people ask, well, how's the crowd? How's the crowd? Right. And and it's interesting that people take so much pride in that here. Sometimes there are aberrations in that. Sometimes the momentum's high. Sometimes it's a little lower. Wichita State gets Alcorn State on Saturday and then on the road until November 26th, which is the Saturday following Thanksgiving and then a big one against Mizzou. Is is the right time, or, or what sort of evaluation are you guys looking at timing-wise to where you'd really like to see Coke Arena start to be filled up? Is it the Mizzou game um, at Coke Arena on Tuesday the 29th? Can it be sooner than that? How are you guys sort of grading that well, out? I think first bit? and foremost, it's a process. Right. We can hope and wish all we want, but we got to put the time and effort and energy into the elements that are actually going to get people here, which is the product on the floor, the energy in the arena, the service that they receive, all of those elements, the relational elements on the phone, um, in person with lunches and dinners and all of those sort of things are ways that you chip away at that piece for me to tell you, yeah, I want to sell out for Alcorn State. Uh, That's we all want that. Uh, We want to sell out for for Missouri. We all want that. But at the end of the day, uh, what is the process that's going to get you to that? And uh, understanding each data point and how you connect those points to get you to that process is important. And we've got a lot of work to do. Um, And so I don't want to be disingenuous on your show this morning and say, hey, we have an expectation that the place is full for Alcorn State. We've got to do our part. We got to do our part. We got to show it on the floor. We got to show it in the arena. Um, people have got to want to be a part of this deal. And I will tell you guys, we're still selling season tickets. Um, so that piece has been very good. I, I mentioned the WIBA event uh, yesterday. We had five or six folks come up after that event and say, "Hey, I want to know about um, your season tickets. I'd like to go ahead and get on board uh, based on what we've heard. I'd like to get into the new Shocker Way mezzanine, which is a, a premium experience pregame." Uh, up top above the concourse. And so we're trying to create those new opportunities, create curiosity, treat people really well. It's going to take some time for us to get there. Um, and so we'll continue to work at that. Um, that's the piece that I can promise is that we're going to work really hard at it. And eventually those numbers were, will turn. Um, the, the attendance numbers, guys, I think when you look at it, you know, you're comparing it over the last 20, 27 years, whatever the case may be. Processes change over time in terms of what number actually gets put out there. Um, I've been in this business for 23 years, and some some institutions put out sold. Well, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean who actually showed. Some put out only turnstile. 
and and clicker or scan counts. Well, that's who's actually in the building. Some do some hybrid of both of those things. And so what we're doing is we're comparing a number over two or three different decades that probably had different philosophies by different uh, athletic directors and different directors of marketing. I don't focus on that piece. I focus on at the end of the day, are we over delivering in a service framework and are we getting better on the floor? Because if you do those two things, people will come. Let's talk about that product on the floor, Kevin, for just a minute. Craig Porter Jr. finished the game on Monday night, 22 points in 20 minutes of action. Uh, we knew going into the season, you know, him being uh, the one of the the lone returners, him and uh, you know Kenny Poto, a couple other returners. Really, Craig Porter Jr. was going to be the the unquestioned leader of this team, and then a lot of newcomers. After that, we got to see the debut of Quincy Ballard, uh, the debut of James Rojas, some other uh, key pieces to the Shocker team. Your takeaway from that product on the floor on Monday night. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed the way that we utilized the, the tools. I think our coaching staff is still learning, right? We're always going to be in that perpetual learning process throughout the course of the season is what combinations are working really well and what, what play calls are working really well. If you if you studied UCA a little bit, and Coach Brown and I talked about this after the game, they presented a little bit of an issue defensively because they switched on every position on the floor. They switched on ball screens, one through five which is not something that you will always see. So that certainly puts your your five defensively in a tough spot to maybe potentially be defending a two or a three or a one. And so I think um, if you look at points allowed, both first half um, and second half, you would say, hey, nice job, first game, uh, really well done defensively. I think our length and our height obviously um, uh, contributes to that, guys. A lot of blocks, a lot of altered passing lanes and those sort of things. But again, we saw some some really solid pieces uh, in terms of uh, players on our roster. I thought uh, Jaquan Walton did a nice job in spots. Um, Kenny did a nice job. Melvin Flanagan came in as a, as a backup point guard and I thought gave you some solid minutes towards the end. Um, you mentioned Quincy. Um, James Rojas is a player that I think is going to have a significant impact, right? Because he's a grad transfer. He's got, uh, he's got some maturity and some leadership skills. He can shoot from the outside. And that's the thing, right? With Gus and him, you've got a little, you've got the ability to stretch the floor and shoot from the outside a little bit, but also do some damage on the inside. I thought, uh, I thought, uh, Q did a really nice job inside guys. I don't know if you, if you caught that dunk in the second half, uh, but when he went up, first my first thought was, wow, he's a long ways away from the rim to go up for that dunk. And he reached over a couple of guys and put that away. And, and that's just a sign of your length and your athleticism inside. So I'm I, I, very optimistic. I think there's a lot of positives to take from it. We'll continue to work at it and address the, the areas of deficiency and continue to get better. I uh, want to ask one more about a, a player here, Colby Rogers, and Taylor Eldridge has had some reporting on this. Um, I don't think we've talked about it. It sounds like there may be some issues getting him on the floor coming out of Siena, and we bring him up because the Shockers last year and, and maybe even one game in this year could really use a shooter. He was one of the best in the country from three last year. Are you able to talk about his status and some of the challenges he's facing right now to get on the floor? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty simple, guys. I mean, the NCAA has got a, a, a rule in terms of uh, transferring from the one-time transfer from a four-year institution to a four-year institution. So Colby started his his journey at Cal Poly and then went to Siena. Um, so he's already had his one-time transfer. And in order to be successful to go 4-4-4, four, 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 
to another four-year institution, it requires either the signing off of a non-participation waiver from Siena or a wa- and or a waiver process through the NCAA. And we've been engaged in both on a parallel track for the last many weeks and months. Um, and I, I have to commend our compliance staff and and several of our folks that have spent a great deal of time on both um, Isaiah's and um, Colby's uh, waiver processes. So um, we've still got a little bit of, of we've got a, a couple other cards that we can play in terms of uh, trying to get that to a great spot. Um, I know that um, our program needs Colby and, and needs Isaiah and, and uh, we're going to do everything that we can to get them there. Um, I certainly don't begrudge Sienna for um, their position and their stance. Uh, the, 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 the system in and of itself, guys, is a really tough system right, where an institution basically has to commit to running a player off to be able to uh, provide that individual with an opportunity down the road. So you're putting institutions in disingenuous spots, uh, but you also have the the other side of that as an athletics director at Wichita State. If we have a young person that leaves our program, I don't want to stand in the way of that person moving on with their career at a different place. So there's a balance in all that because you don't want to be a program that is perceived as running players off, but you also don't want to be a program that's perceived as um, holding players back either if they want to, um, to to look at other opportunities. So at the end of the day, we're navigating a, a tough spot, and that's about as transparent as I think you can be in terms of where we are. Yeah. Uh, we'll continue to walk our way through the waiver process, and, and depending on the the determination of the waiver, uh, we'll submit an appeal and we'll take it to the nth degree and, and do everything we can. Now, the important piece to know is that both our coaching staff and Colby understand and have committed to each other that if that process didn't end in a result where he could play in this academic year, we wanted him here anyway, and he wanted to be here anyway. Um, so we understand that. And uh, that was an understanding coming into the deal. That being said, we're going to do everything we can to get him to a good spot this year. So the timing component of this for for Colby and Poor Bear is is not this semester, but this entire year. Then correct. So there is a world where we don't see either of them this season. Yeah, I think the important piece to this is is I, I certainly understand the desire to get into specifics on timing. We don't control. Um, every aspect right. of the process, right? So as soon as you start bringing in other variables, other institutions, uh, a committee that will uh, ultimately make a determination on a waiver, a separate committee that will ultimately make a decision on a appeal, um, I, I can't get specific with you on timeline. We're, I know this, it won't sit and stall at Wichita State's end. We'll continue to process things and we're processing elements of this uh, this waiver and appeal process before those steps, it's appropriate to take those steps because we want to be prepared, right? As soon as we know it, that a term, determination has been made, then, okay, we're ready with the next step. And it's not going to hold or sit um, here at Wichita State. We're going to continue to push it very well. And then we're going to work professionally and respectfully with the folks that are involved in the process to try and uh, bring about a resolution in a timely manner. And they're they're able to practice though, right? So if the timing works itself out, they can be ready to go in theory, correct? That's right. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, that's what. So for Shocker fans out there, it's you know it's out of it sounds like it's out of Wichita State's control to some degree, but I would imagine they'll be ready to go if and when that time comes. Okay, Kevin, yeah, you guys uh, you guys get women's. 
you go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. We've made a very, very compelling case in terms of what we're trying to get accomplished and, and in the best interests of, of Colby and, and Isaiah. And, and uh, we'll see where it falls, but we'll continue to push it as, as responsibly as we can. And then tonight you guys get women's basketball in that opener. Anything special you guys have on board for folks who might uh, be looking for something to do this evening? Well, we do. We're, we're implementing a lot of the same elements that we're doing uh, in our men's game. We're, are, we're efforting to do in, in women's basketball and ultimately volleyball as well. And so a lot of those same concessions offering game production fan experience elements will come online on both the men's and the women's side. You know, I love our women's uh, team and their roster. They're working really hard. Coach Adams has been doing a good job. Um, guys, we've got, I think, uh, eight different countries and 12 different languages represented on our women's basketball team. So it's awesome to see those young ladies come together and, and, um, and produce something collectively. It's one of the most diverse teams that I've ever been a part of uh, in 23 years. So it's a great group of young ladies, and, and I encourage folks to come down and enjoy <clears throat> what it is that they do and, and how hard they've been working. Kevin Saul, Athletic Director, Wichita State. We appreciate these visits. We'll do it again in a couple weeks. We'll have a real good uh, sense for things. That's going to be fun timing because it'll be um, coming, you know, right into uh, some opportunities for the really juicy and fun, exciting part of that non-con on the men's side. We appreciate it. Good luck with everything, uh, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for the opportunity, guys, and go Shockers. There goes Kevin Saul. We'll take a quick break. We'll digest that a little bit uh, as we come back. Wichita State men get going again on Saturday at home. That's a 3 p.m. tip. The women uh, open their season tonight. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster at Sports Daily, and we'll continue right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on a Wednesday. It's the uh, it's the middle of the week. We got a huge weekend now, Tommy, because it not only involves college football, the NFL, but it, they involve college hoops at this point, uh, which really amplifies this time of year. It gets wild for a while. Uh, real quick news: if you didn't hear, just sort of an election update uh, for everybody. Uh, Governor Laura Kelly is announced as the winner in that race. That's happened just this morning. Those were tight like we anticipated yesterday. So just just a piece that's happened since we've been on the air here. You can get uh, more on that over on KNSS and uh, throughout the day. We'll have it on 12 News throughout the day as well. Um, Tommy, I'm in, this Colby Rogers situation is interesting, and I, Isaiah Poorbear Chandler is involved in this as well. We saw depth, though, in the post, so maybe not quite as urgent on Poorbear because it looks like they've got some guys certainly would like to have him and his experience there. Uh, but Colby Rogers fills, you would think, such a need for this team. He was top 10 in three-point percentage last year in college basketball. Um they need a shooter. He appears to be one, and that'll be interesting to see the work they can get done. And Kevin Saul, I would think, is at the front and center as he very eloquently described the process there. But that could be a big thing for Wichita State this year, ultimately, as you know, as they try and sort things out and what they need on that roster. Yeah, it's unfortunate the way that that process has played out uh, for Colby Rogers. I mean, the fact that 
we're in a world now in college athletics where um, things are, are starting to be loosened up quite a bit. You look at the way the transfer portal works. You look at the NIL world. Um, a lot of those really stringent procedures and the restrictions that were in place are not there anymore. Uh, but in this particular situation, uh, it still remains. And that's unfortunate. And so I feel like there is something that needs to be done at an NCAA level. Uh, to be able to move things like this along. I know Kevin Salt talked about that uh, just a few minutes ago, um, that, that really a lot of this is out of the hands of Wichita State, that it's up to uh, Colby's previous school in Siena. It's up to the NCAA. Um, but, you know, obviously we're now at a point to where the season has begun. Um, the longer that this plays out, the less likely it looks like that Colby Rogers will be able to join the team at least right away and contribute right away. I know he can practice, but, you know, there's something to be said for having that that experience with your team in games uh, before you can just plug and play somebody like that in. Yeah, it, and, and, you know, practicing helps. I think it'll be okay, and, and a lot of it, it, it just sounds like, and it just sounds like it's total. You know, a lot of it's just out of control. You know, out of out of Wichita State's control, and and I think they'll control what they can, and you just cross your fingers and hope for the best there. Um, but that'll be impactful for Shocker basketball. Um, I think I think it's what they need. I think if we all look at it and you remember back to last year and what we've seen through a couple, the three point shooting's not still not quite there, and it wasn't there. Can they create other offense better than they did a year ago? I think that they probably can uh, because they've had an entire offseason to prepare for the possibility that that exists. I think it I think it caught them a little bit more off guard last year that they weren't a great shooting team when they sort of expected to be one. Um, so we'll see. It's certainly a key and an interesting point and part of the Shockers as they come back. It's Alcorn State this weekend. It's on the road to Richmond. And then it's uh, the Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City against either Grand Can- against Grand Canyon for sure, and then either you and I or San Francisco, uh, which should provide two pretty good games, at least what we know historically of those programs. Then back uh, to Coke Arena for Tarleton State, who's had some good uh, success recently. And then you get the back-to-back Missouri, you get Kansas State, uh, a couple more cupcakes, and then you get Oklahoma State. And then you're in a conference play. I mean, it comes at you fast. Conference play starts just before the end of this year. I like the non-con this year. I think it's built in a way that it we should get a pretty good evaluation of this team. I don't think it's so difficult uh, that it would hold them back when we look at resumes at the end of the year. And, and you would hope, assuming that Oklahoma State and Kansas State and Missouri – and, you know, you and I slash San Francisco in a road game against Richmond provide plenty of opportunities to build on that resume and test the Shockers at the same time. Yeah, I think that you're right in that observation. The fact that this team, um, we we know, I feel like through one game, we get a little bit of an indication uh, as far as how things are going to play out for Wichita State, what their game plan is going to look like. But the more that they're able to play in these non-conference games, we mentioned it yesterday, Isaac Brown doing the the five-out, five-in technique. We're not going to see that forever. We're going to figure out which players are going to get the most minutes. And we know it's going to be Craig Porter. uh, But then beyond that, what are we looking at as far as the the post is concerned? Um, Are there other shooters that can rise to the, the top? We mentioned Xavier Bell. Uh, yesterday on the show and you know it was kind of an underwhelming debut for him on Monday night for Wichita State a lot of people know him because he's a a hometown kid Um, two points um, you know was on the floor quite a bit but 
you would like to see a little bit of a bigger impact. I think that'll come uh, as the development happens and as he gets a little bit more ingratiated into the system with Isaac Brown. Um, But I'm really interested in seeing how the minutes play out, how they're distributed. And I'm, I'm not suggesting, I'm not predicting that we're going to have a better indication of that after the upcoming game uh, against Alcorn state. It's probably going to be a few weeks before we actually know how that all uh, lines out. Last year was different. We knew the guys that were going to get the lion's share of the minutes. Right. And this year, it's it's quite a bit different than that. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how this process plays out. It's going to be an interesting early season. You know, at Kansas, I, I think we have a general idea of what we're going to see. I don't think a lot will change from what we're seeing now to what we'll see late in the year. There will be tweaks. I think we'll get some clarity as the season goes on at the five position. Um, but... I think for Wichita State and K-State, what we're seeing now could be totally different than what we see in February. Um, You know, the players and their roles could change and evolve a lot over that period of time because there are a lot of different guys, a lot of talented guys vying for, you know, those key rotational minutes. And I don't know how many that ends up being traditionally. And we don't know about Jerome Tang yet. I I don't know what he'll do. Uh, we know that Isaac Brown generally narrows it down to, I don't know, nine to ten guys um, that that do that. So we'll see which guys that becomes. And, and I think too, just within the you know the minutes, I think it could vary for Wichita State. And and the good thing about that is for Wichita State and Kansas State. I mean, I think you you hope some cream rises to the top and you get some consistency. But if it stays level and everybody's playing at a high level that rotational type basketball can work at the same time because then you can increase tempo. You can do all those things. I just, what we're seeing now I, for either team, I think is probably going to be very different than what we see in February. Whereas in Kansas, at Kansas, what we're seeing now is probably pretty much the same as what we'll see in February. So let me ask you this specifically to Wichita state, when you're looking at divvying up minutes and what the rotations look like, what do you think from, what we know about this program and what we know, the little we know about the, the newcomers coming in, what are the priorities? I mean, what does Isaac Brown look for as far as production is concerned? Are we looking at, I mean, are we looking at guys that need to be effective on both ends of the floor? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's I know that's, history that's pretty broad, that. right? But he's, he's not going to, if, if history holds true between, you know, because Isaac Brown has now been the head coach and he was assistant under Greg Marshall. And, and one thing has maintained all the way through all of that is that if you can't defend, you're not going to be on the floor for the Shockers. They rely on that defense so much. And and that's a good thing because it even sometimes when you play an opponent that might be more talented than you, defense can even that out real quick, right? If you can defend them and make it hard for them to score and ugly a game up and do that well – that's advantageous for the Shockers. They've proven it time and time again for years and years and years now. That being said, uh, offensively, sometimes ugling it up has been a little too much. And so I I do think there's going to be bigger opportunities for shot makers. Craig Porter Jr. is going to be there. And honestly, I think that might be the only thing we know for sure in stone right now for for Wichita State. There will be plenty of opportunities for all of these guys. But I do think, one, if you don't defend, you're not getting it. So they'll all need to defend, and they probably all will, because typically every player that comes through that program 
gets coached up that way. Shot makers are going to have a real opportunity, though, because they need shot makers, right? They need outside shot makers to free things up. If Craig Porter is as good as we think he might be this year and early returns point to yes, he's going to create opportunities for open shots on the outside for guys. They have to be able to hit those shots at a high enough clip. That's something that they haven't done uh, in in the last calendar year or so. So, yeah, I think if somebody steps up confidently and becomes a shot maker, there is a desperate need for that in the program. So that would probably be where we see the, you know, the the most change for this team. I think you're going to see, no matter who rises to the top with the bigs, you're going to see a rotation of bigs. It, it, at least I'm, I'm leaning on history here and how the Shocker program has run for a while. You'll see a rotation of the bigs because that's just the way they play it. Defensively, it's a high level, and they have to have high energy, and they get into foul trouble because they're very physical and aggressive, and you'll see that rotation. I don't think that will change. I don't think Craig Porter bringing the ball down the floor and being the the creator offensively is going to change either. It's which guys on both ends can hit shots and defend shots on the outside at a high level, I think, that are going to find the most minutes. Yeah, I mentioned this yesterday on the show. Um it was pretty clear a year ago that multiple games, Wichita State would disappear offensively for, for long sure. stretches. Um, that's something that I, I, I'm sure is a priority uh, to not do that this season. Um, I don't have a lot of concerns defensively for Wichita State. I, I'm not going to pretend that Central Arkansas is some offensive juggernaut um, because they're not. Uh, but Wichita State held them to 55 points. I don't have a lot yeah, it, of concerns defensively. It doesn't history tell you that the Shockers are going to be good defensively. Sure, sure. Right? Like I mean, that's for, been their calling card for so now. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Isaac Brown's been a part of that, either as an assistant or the head coach. So that part of it, I'm with you. That part of it, I just, I, I count on the defense being there at a high level. It's can the offense come along? Well, it's not going to be worse than it was last year. And two years ago when they won the league in the weird COVID year, they had that same problem offensively. And I think that comes from relying too much on outside shooting when you're not a good outside shooting team. Yeah. They that's what they haven't been. So and and this is what's really interesting about Craig Porter, I think. Now your offensive leader is not an outside shooter like it was with Tyson Etienne when he was really good and with Tyson Etienne last year when he was struggling. It's somebody that's going to create offense in different ways, getting to the line, doing some things when the outside shot's not there. That should in theory, relieve the pressure on the shooters and the other offensive players, I think. I also think they've had now an entire offseason. When when Tyson Etienne struggled last year, I think it caught everybody off guard. I mean, I think it caught the players off guard. I think it caught the coaches off guard. I just don't think anybody expected it, right? The whole narrative going in was, will he come back? And he did, and then I think it was just this awesome, this guy, this player of the year in the conference is going to come out and light it up like he did a year ago. Well, that didn't happen. And then I think the adjustment to that was was just something that couldn't be solved all year long. Now, that expectation for anyone isn't there. Like, we all think Craig Porter could take the next step, right? But it's not the same situation as it was coming in with Tyson Etienne before last year where you just sort of counted on the guy who became the conference player of the year to be that level again. The expectation for Craig Porter is optimism, but you're not counting on anything. So I think that there has been just more time to prepare for this and for everybody else on that roster to see this sort of opportunity to, to get shots. I've said this, 
this entire offseason, what would be good about coming into the Wichita State program, Tony, is, is you can say, look, somebody, there are shots for somebody to get. Go get them, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Listen, I, I feel like where I do disagree with you a little bit is that you do have those expectations, or at least you should on Craig Porter. He's the only known proven quantity coming back on this team for the most part. So I feel like those expectations should be there. Uh, as far as the rotation is concerned, because we don't have a lot of concerns defensively, the calling card for Wichita State has always been their defense. That's why I think that you've got to give minutes to the guys that are going to be able to put the ball through the hoop first and foremost. That's the most important thing is figuring out where they're going to get those offensive buckets. That's got to be the priority moving forward. We know it's Craig Porter Jr., but who else is it? And I think that yeah, that's I mean, going to play out. He averaged seven points a game. He averaged seven points a game last year. But still, he, I mean, he's the most he's known the guy. quantity that you've got. He's averaging 22 this year. He looks fantastic. Uh, Tyson Etienne was the conference player of the year with that expectation coming in. Craig Porter, I think, is in a different spot. Either way, you the other somebody else is going to have to step up and hit shots. Colby Rogers isn't there right now. He was the guy they brought in to do that. Some of these other guys need to do that. We've seen one game. Hopefully, shot-making becomes a thing this roster is capable of. We'll come back. More Sports Daily continues right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, KFH. Don't forget, you've got KU Hawk Talk with Lance Leipold, 7 o'clock tonight. If you missed anything uh, with our conversation with Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, you can always go back and listen to that again at kfhradio.com. Real quick, Tommy, as we look ahead to KU this weekend on the football side, and K-State fans will have Tim Fitzgerald, our insider, in to talk tomorrow. Uh, about their chances at the Big 12 and what in the world happened in the first half against Texas. But for KU, when it comes to Jalen Daniels, what is a best-case scenario, do you think, for that situation uh, as we move forward to the end of the season here? You know, my opinion on that has changed from a week ago to now. Um, I think we all know that it's Jalen Daniels' team, but I don't think that that drop-off to Jason Bean is quite as large as maybe what we thought a couple of weeks ago. Um, the, the fact that Jalen Bean, I mean, he looked really effective a week ago against Oklahoma State. Now, granted, the Cowboys' defense was not good uh, at all. Um, I, I don't disagree that when Jalen Daniels is healthy, you bring him back and he starts at quarterback. But that being said, I don't feel like there's quite a need right now to rush him back if he's not fully ready. You can sort of ease him into that a little bit. So best case scenario, I think, would be, of course, you want your starting quarterback to be fully healthy and ready to go. 
But if he's not, at least you know you have somebody capable in Jason Bean. I wasn't convinced that Jason Bean was capable when he took over. I'm a little bit more convinced now. You know, I've always thought they were very fortunate in the sense that they had a good backup and an experienced backup, which they did. And right early on when Daniels got hurt, it looked like Bean, you were kind of like, oh, thank God, like they've got a chance. I I think eventually we saw probably the difference in the players. But yeah, I think I'm with you. I I think both guys can be really important parts to the finish of this season in different ways. It's interesting, too, as you look down the street to K-State, where you're starting to hear some indication, maybe some chatter that they may still try to preserve that Will Howard red shirt. Um, that's interesting to me, and I, w- I want to get Tim Fitzgerald's opinion on that tomorrow, but you know, it looks like they're going to lean sort of the other way and go Adrian Martinez as they can to try and save Will Howard, but Will Howard has some opportunity anyway. Like, How many more years do they expect Will Howard to play? I don't know. I I think that's an interesting development there, too. But you've got both schools dealing now with situations. And look, this is a good problem where they have seemingly two capable quarterbacks in whatever capacity ends up playing itself out that can help them down the stretch. That's an advantage, I think, to to be able to do that because so many teams in the country, Oklahoma State, are – are hamstrung to their starter, right? If anything happens to their starter, they're toast. I don't think KU or K-State, either one of them, is in that situation, thankfully, because we've seen the backups at both places play well. Make no mistake about it, at Kansas State, they did not go out and recruit Adrian Martinez through the transfer portal to have him be the backup. It, it, they, they just no. didn't. No, and, and so I, I don't think that it. I don't think that it necessarily matters how great Will Howard has played. And he did. I mean, that that start he had against Oklahoma State was phenomenal. I think what that shows is that he's capable of doing it in the future next season for Kansas State. Um, but, I mean, if they had if they had brought in Adrian Martinez to potentially ride the bench behind Will Howard, um, then you wouldn't have seen Adrian Martinez start a week ago against Texas. I, I wondered if there would be, be his a timeshare. Timeshare is kind of what I was thinking. It appears yeah. it's not, right? It's Adrian Martinez or bust. It's a show. It's a show, and Will Howard, I think it's a smart move long-term to put the red shirt on him uh, because then that gives you a little bit more of a buffer when you bring in Avery Johnson, let him develop, all of that. Um, I- I'm, I'm on board with that decision if they end up making it. As long as Will Howard's on board with it because the worst sure. thing that could happen is you irritate him to the point where he leaves. You don't want that to happen. I'm going to tell you right now, though, Avery Johnson going to be knocking on that door pretty quick when the time comes. Uh, He looks outstanding. We'll talk high school football on Friday, but, man, uh, interesting times. All right, let's take our final break here. We'll come back. We'll put a bow on Sports Daily on this Wednesday edition. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 